Welcome to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Barham, and I'm an entrepreneur, traveler, thinker, and creative on a mission to help you discover and lean deeper into your purpose. Here, we'll have inspiring conversations about business, self-development, spirituality, mindset and manifestation, and how to live on purpose. My goal with this podcast is to help you connect with the answers already inside of you and expand your vision of who you truly are and who you're meant to be. I'm so grateful you're here, and I can't wait to set off in the Pursuit of Purpose together. Now let's jump in. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. So excited to come and sit down and hang out with you guys here. I have my tea and it's the end of the day. I am like all cozy up here. And what better time than to do an episode that is a coffee chat time? What the hell do I mean by that? Well, I was kind of thinking about episode planning in in the last little bit. And, you know, I've been doing this podcast and having it out in the world for over a year now and what I kind of realized is that there's so many new people that are listening to the podcast which welcome everybody and I'm so excited to have you here and have you in this community but I realized that you know it's one thing to hear from the people that we love on the shows and podcasts that we love listening to you know I love that as well but I also love getting to know the creators of those podcasts and I realized I was like oh holy crap I've never really taken the time to do that for you guys. So in the spirit of that, I decided to create today's episode theme around 10 things that you might not know about me and just make this really of a time to, you know, tell you guys a little bit more about myself that's not around purpose, not around podcasting or us traveling because that's another thing I talk about a lot. And, you know, I would love to have a conversation with you guys about, you know, the things that make you you as well. And so if you like this episode, send me a DM. I would love to chat with you about maybe what things that we have in common or I don't know, just get to know you as well. So I'm going to just jump right into it. And yeah, so I made a list here of 10 things that you might not know about me. So the first one is that I am half Chinese. So I don't really think you can tell that from my voice. I guess maybe you could tell that from my podcast cover but anyways that's fun fact number one yeah my mom is Chinese but she is first generation Canadian so her parents were born in China but she was born here and my dad is Caucasian and yeah I've always really I had a love and hate relationship with the fact of that more hate when you're when I was younger because I think if you're anything other ever and I'm sure anyone with any kind of racial background that is not predominantly white in some other communities in Canada not that it's an issue but it's just noticed right and so it always always is a feeling like you don't fit in and so I didn't love that when I was younger because it made it really hard to make friends and but it's something that I absolutely love now and it's something that I'm trying to like learn more about and have like a really strong love and respect for and love the fact that it makes me unique and I, I'm someone who loves languages so Chinese is something that I, I didn't get to take when I was in school. I don't know why I guess my, my my mother doesn't know it so I wasn't put into like Chinese school on the side whereas my other Asian friends did they had to go they hated it also but they had to go to school on sa- Saturdays and I begged I begged my mom to let me go when I was about 10, but I was like, way too old because I would have had to been put in classes with kindergartners. So 
I missed the boat on that one, but I do know some Chinese though because I took it in university for a couple of years. So I really like it. It's so hard, but I've enjoyed learning it. I'm going to keep trying to learn it. And when I actually picked an exchange school um, when I was in university in my last year of school, I, I picked Asia immediately and specifically Singapore because I really want to experience that side of things and that side of my background and my culture. I mean, I'm not Singaporean, but you know what I mean? Just going to Asia and I have such a love of Asia and everything I experienced there. So it's definitely one of the places I'm planning on moving back to. Hopefully by the end of this year, maybe we will see. But yeah, I am half Chinese and that is my fun fact number one. Number two, kind of stemming off of this is that I have a degree and I have two degrees, actually, two undergrad degrees. One I have in business and the other one I have in fine art. So I went to university for five years and in the five years I was able to get the two undergrads, which is really cool because it was like a, an accelerated program sort of thing. And I went to school at the Ivy Business School in Western Ontario at Western Ontario. <laughs> it's the, it's, that's what the university is called is Western. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, never mind. We're moving on. If you don't know where that is, it's a little bit west of Toronto. And so I went there and I also went to Singapore Management University or SMU when I was on exchange in Singapore and two schools that I really did love. Very different experiences, but absolutely did love them. And yeah, so to business and art. And for those wondering what do you mean by art? Like I did actual, I did actual fine art and I've been doing art all my life. So in school, I actually did sculpture and installation and photography and painting at school and got to study all those. So it was really, it was such a cool program to be a part of because, you know, I'd have half the day where I'm in a studio and I got paint up to my elbows and then I have to wash my hands off, run across campus and go sit in like a global management course. It was really bizarre for my brain to have to flip around like that. But I think that that's what taught me so much is having kind of those polar opposites or they seem to be polar opposites, but they're actually not. And I, I wasn't going to do my art degree originally, even though I've always been an artist. I loved the idea of this program because I was just going to get a business degree first. I was going to get to do art on the side, but just get a business degree. And now I'm so thankful that I have both. So thankful I didn't continue to think that getting a degree in art was useless because I, it turns out, honestly, that combining creativity into business, both in consulting, which is what I do, or in entrepreneurship, which is what I'm here for and what I love, that is one of the greatest strengths I think that you can have and is definitely one of my greatest strengths now. So if you're someone who is a creative and people are telling you in your life that it's not worth it for you to pursue your art, your creativity, your passion in the real world because it's not worth anything. Trust me when I say it is honestly one of the most important and valued things nowadays. I can make an entire podcast episode just on that. So for all my creatives listening to this, like don't give up on that thing that makes you special. First of all, one, because it has so much to do with your purpose. So we'll table that. But because anyone who's telling you the narrative that it's not it's not useful or it's not applicable in the real world. That is what makes the world run. It's people who can think differently and not just who can fall the mold. You know, when everything is getting turned into an AI response and just chat GPT now, 
yeah, okay, that's cool technology. But at the end of the day, it's so valuable to be able to think for yourself and have ideas and be able to problem solve and be this creative generator um, that no one else can be. That's my rant on art. Okay. (laughs) Number three, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a screenwriter. I wanted to perform. I wanted to be in film. A screenwriter was like kind of the one job I thought about when I was in school when I was a kid. That or Olympic slalom skier, which we are definitely not. I'm a very good skier, but like not in the Olympics. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to be a screenwriter and I was in all art schools when I was younger, you know, performing art schools, like orchestra and drama and dance and art and all, all the things. And you know, if you ask me the very first thing, if someone's like, what was the first thing you want to be when you grow up? Okay, the very first thing I would have told you is I want to be Hilary Duff, which is not a thing, but like aka I just wanted to be like a triple threat. I wanted to be like a singer and an actress and I, I like I love singing. I wanted to act and model and all that stuff. And then I realized that one, that that was not ridiculous, but like that, that wasn't going to happen for me. I wasn't good enough to do those things. I, I was okay. And I was good at them, but that wasn't, that wasn't my true gift. That wasn't my path. And, but one thing I did love when I was younger and I say younger, like, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 16. The one thing I did realize is that I love writing as well in school. And I went really deep into considering screenwriting because drama and film and all of that was always a big draw. It still is a big draw for me. But I was like, okay, well, if I can't be on the stage, like, what do I love here still? And I loved writing. And I loved, I loved creating an environment and atmosphere for people to play in. And maybe that's the same thing I love about visual art as well, is like creating an environment and atmosphere with the installation stuff I do. But I didn't want to write novels, right? I I love writing, but I didn't want to write books. And I I love film. So, and, and I still do. And stage as well. I thought about plays too. So I wrote a couple in school. Weirdly, I wrote like thriller ones like horror ones and it's so funny because you will not catch me dead watching any sort of suspenseful movie all my friends know you put animation and cartoons in front of me I'm a happy camper or like something where I know it's going to turn out well but I do not do good with anything suspenseful like I just anxiety and so it's funny because I loved writing them and I think that was because I controlled I was controlling the audience response rather than having to be the audience that respond responded. So who knows? One day, maybe I will do that. I still do love writing for fun and do all the time. And regardless, I think I'd love to work in film one day, even just if I was like set crew or like doing like stage sets and stuff like that. I love building. And that was like for me in sculpture. So who knows? Maybe I will be coming to the credits of a movie to you in 10 years time. We have no idea. No idea where I'll end up. But that's Artsy Mal and what we did in our lifetime before a podcast was in front of us. So, okay, number four, when I was 23, I was diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer. And I talked about this a little bit on the podcast, definitely in my like intro episodes, if you've never listened to episode one or two, actually, the one about like hard things go listen to those because that's I got my whole story there (laughs) but yeah that was 
that's definitely like a milestone in my lifetime so far. I'm 28. And yeah, it was very interesting. I say interesting because I have no other really word for it, but to have the app in at 23, because I think we always just think that anything like with health is never going to affect us, right? Like, oh, we're immune. Like we walk around like we're bulletproof all the time when we're young. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad way to think about it because live your life to the fullest. But it just is bizarre when you have something happen to you that you think, oh, that was supposed to happen when I was, I don't know, post 50 at least, right? So anywho, I had to get over 100 different lymph nodes taken out of my neck. So that was not fun. And then my whole thyroid as well. So I don't have one of those. Yeah, and I kind of have the scar on my neck that looks like I am nearly headless Nick or made it look like at the time. <laughs> so that uh, that was not great either. But okay, we're going we're gonna to pass the gory part. Honestly, at the end of the day, I'm really thankful for that experience though, because it's just, it was such a life lesson to have back then when I, I was so young. And I'm so glad to have it then, than to have like some wake up call when I'm 50 of, hey, your life's air quotes like threatened did you live it well and what that always reminds me of is not to live like YOLO all the time and just like throw caution to the wind but I now live in always in respect of mortality and that it's a real thing and I live without fear for it and instead so much gratitude for life rather than fear of not like fear of death whatever because it's kind of like a glasses half full, glasses half empty perspective. And I'll never ever in my life again, because of that experience, have the perspective of the glasses half empty. And I have this great reverence for life that we get to live even in small and especially in small moments. So I'm so much more aware now because of that experience of like why every experience that we have and every moment is a gift and I'm not walking around like starry eyed all day long, but I let things go a lot easier and I'm way less serious, I think, about decision making of if this is going to make or break my life. And it was having that experience was the wake up call to go just make experience or make decisions and see what happens. And you like you, you might not get to the chance to make that to have that experience again or to make that choice again. So if you feel called to it, your, your intuition is telling you you're called to it, then answer it. Stop ask, stop putting it off for maybe or someday or later because you don't always get someday or later. And yeah, I'm just very thankful to have that perspective now. And also the perspective of you can only control what you have control over. I'll say that again. You can only control what you have control over. And so... I have very many moments now where I'm just like, okay, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, that's not in my control. Like, universe, that's that's in your court now. And I'm a lot more relaxed in, weirdly, like, bigger stuff. I'm a lot more relaxed and like, okay, we'll see what happens. Smaller stuff, I'm maybe sometimes a control freak over. But it was a great perspective. I'm glad for the gift of the experience. Um, I'm okay now. Like, I mean, that's an ongoing thing through life, but yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the, weirdly, if someone said, asked me, like, what are one of the things you're most grateful for, probably would say for that experience, even though it wasn't fun, the I had hacked open. Moving on to number five. 
You guys are like, what the hell is this episode today? It's a ride. I'm glad you're here with me. Okay, number five is like fun facts about me. If you're into all sorts of like, um, not personality assessments, but okay, you, you'll see what I mean in a second. So for those that are into it, I am a generator in human design with a triple split definition and a one three profile. And I'm a non-specific manifester as well. So I'm not a super detailed person in how I manifest. I'm like feelings and how it makes me feel. So if you're a specific manifester and you like don't click with what I'm saying sometimes because you need concrete examples, yeah, that's not me. I'm a, I'm a non-specific. I'm an eight on the Enneagram, an INFJ in Myers-Briggs, and a Pisces sun, Capricorn moon, and Virgo rising. Now, I'm not super deep with all of these different modalities, I'm going to say, but I do fit into all of them extremely well. What I know of them, and some I know better than others, like I'm not a super hardcore like follower fan at any single one of them, maybe human design the most because I think it just makes so much sense. But honestly and truthfully, all of them fit me so freaking well. So even though I'm no hardcore study on them, I think that there's a lot to learn about the self by understanding where you fall in these things. So if you've never looked up your human design, if you don't know, like if you don't know where you fall in Enneagram and even astrology, like I think it's helpful. I I really don't know how all of that works yet still, but even just knowing like your sun, your moon, your rising, like I think it's all really helpful to understand self and just be on that journey of understanding self. So I don't know. I would definitely look into them if you've never tried special human design. That does take a little bit of like someone guiding you through how to understand it. But my goodness, if you can understand your human design, it's like the map to how you are most designed to live. It's mind-blowing. So anyways, if you ever want to get an idea of what makes me tick and who I am, look into any of those and I'm basically spot on for them. So there must be some truth, I think, in them if across the board they all align for me. I don't know. Anyways, okay, number six. My greatest goal in life, I feel like I have many. But one of them that really stands out for me that is constant and it never really changes is that I never want to stop being a kid. Now, hear me when I say that doesn't mean I want to be immature all my life. But I think that there is so much precious magic in living childlike throughout our whole lives, no matter if we are eight or we are 80, because... The way, if you think about the way that kids look at the world, one, they make decisions on what they feel, right? They, and that that's not to say that they're impulsive, but they listen to their gut. And if it's like, be friends with this kid, okay, great, I'll go be friends with this kid. And I'll stay away from that one. Okay, I'll stay away from that one. Like, they have an internal knowing and they also don't question what they're doing. They don't live with judgment they live with play and with fun and not with pretense and, you know, image. And I think that there's so much to be said for trying to emulate and keep that as we grow up rather than subscribe to the way that we are supposed to act. Um, and I think that keeps us young, honestly, truthfully, and keeps our youth for us if we try to live like that. One of my greatest, I was going to say greatest mentors, but probably the one person I look up to most in the world is my aunt. And she is the most childlike 50 year old I've ever met. (laughs) Like she just never stops living her life with play. And yeah, that's just something that 
I think is so important to keep. And it's just so easy to look around us, right? And see people who have, I don't want to say got crusty, but gotten stuck in living in the age that they are and also feeling like that. And then they end up looking like that and thinking like that. I never want to stop going, oh yeah, I could do that or be closed off to opportunities, be closed off to ideas because, you know, I don't think that way anymore. I think at like a different age with different priorities. So that is one of my greatest goals is to always keep an essence of childlikeness to who I am and never stop trying to pursue that because I think it becomes a lot harder as we grow up and have responsibilities to maintain that and to keep it as part of ourselves. Number seven is if you want to turn me on, talk about big ideas. For me, I literally am obsessed with talking about like big things and this is not new. This has just been like me my whole life and I always thought I was like weird. I I guess I kind of was as a kid, but I I couldn't figure out why like no one wanted to hang out with me and like talk about what I wanted to talk about. I hated small talk. I hated talking about like like the next video game that we were playing. I like just did not care. And I would kind of freak other kids out when I was little just because I wanted to talk about like really existential stuff, which obviously no other kids wanted to do. Like they wanted to talk about what they saw on YTV last night. If you're in Ontario, hi. You know what YTV is. So my greatest skills I found out like later in life when I've done other like assessments and stuff my greatest skills in life if you know strengths quest strengths quest or like Gallup it gives you kind of like top qualified attributes of who you are like a top five my top three are literally ideation intellection and input which are all about thought strengths ideation like really big ideas intellection like thinking about a bunch of different stuff and input is collecting so collect for me it's like collecting of ideas collecting of thoughts perspectives etc so i i would very much vibe with you if you are someone who likes to co- talking about complex ideas like clearly my, my podcast is the pursuit of purpose haha <laughs> um but complex ideas what ifs imaginative situations and you know about life from different perspectives if someone comes up to me and asks me what reality tv show i watched last night I'm gonna give you crickets. Like, we're not gonna be BFFs, BFFs probably. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I just, uh, it's not, it's not my world. So, yeah, that's, that's probably one of the things that excites me and lights me up the most is like people talking about what they're passionate about and the impact that they want to make on the world and, you know, where things are, you think are going in the next whatever few years and not in the political sense, but just, in life and in the world and just all that good stuff. So big ideas. That's, she gets me going. Number eight, fun fact about me is that my favorite season is winter. I know all you guys are gonna be like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You're so Canadian. Um, most Canadians don't like winter. So I'm the weird one who's still here and still likes it. I think it's very location dependent if you live in a place where winter is like sad and gray and like slushy, fair, it sucks. I live in Alberta and it's mountains and like skiing and beautiful and sunny, but winter. So I don't know. I just do. I was born in February. So I was always a winter baby and all my birthdays, like they were all like skating outside. Like I I didn't do summer 
fun things, obviously. So I had to think of fun things to do in the winter for my birthday. And I think some of the best memories I always have are in winter. And for me, I'm like a huge outdoors person. So I love winter for skiing and snowboarding. And I mean, if I can, snowmobiling or snowshoeing, really whatever the heck is in the white stuff we call snow, I love to do it. And I think the other reason I really love winter is I'm a pretty introspective person. I love time to sit back, to think, to, well, I'm, I'm like an extroverted introvert. Like I actually really love being alone, but like meeting people do. And I love winter for the metaphor it has for us as people and that period of hibernation, the period of going inward, the period of slowing down and reflecting and then using all of that as fuel for you to go into spring and to emerge and kind of rebirth and butt up from the ground and into summer to thrive. And if you don't do that work, I think throughout winter to prepare yourself it doesn't set you up in the right way for the seasons that come after and the seasons of our life that come after that do require maybe a faster pace and more energy. So I love the time in winter to kind of, yeah, sit back, cocoon, hygge a little bit and think about what I want to be, I think, for the for the next year too. I don't know. I just love winter. I love snow too. So And I, 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 I don't like heat, a lot of heat, so... Maybe I thrive in the cold. No idea. Number nine, the greatest things that excite me lately are honestly the universe putting new connections into my life, whether they be on social media and just like connections I have strictly through Instagram and I've never met people before or in real life or when Instagram or social connections become connections in real life. I've been someone who's been fortunate through traveling to experience how awesome it is to continually meet new people, make connections, and build friends all across the world. And the thing that I've loved so much lately is, as I've been connecting and trying to find more people who are like-minded the same way as me, more into what I'm into, and in starting my business and this podcast as well, um, your vibe attracts your tribe. I'm sure you've heard that before. And I think on social, if you are going at authentically, you do end up connecting with really amazing people that are your tribe. You're like, you're, you're just like, yes, this is who I've been looking for. And sometimes those do remain as online connections and you'll never meet them. I made friends with one account, one guy who I followed for a long time, ever since COVID started, he's from Singapore. And you know, he has a huge following and now we like chat. I just, I was helping him make this accountability group for a bunch of us that are working on goals in the next few months. And to me, it's so cool to be able to do that, to find people who, not just who have a big following, but like who are literally thousands of kilometers away from you and build a personal connection and I mean I was supposed to meet him because he's in Toronto now I was supposed to meet him up with him one day when I was in Toronto it didn't work out but like I was literally like this is so bizarre I met you on Instagram you're from Singapore and now I'm going to meet you in Toronto weird another girl who uh, like I love and I've looked up to a lot you know, I am going to like live with for a little bit for a couple of weeks coming up here soon. It's just, it's so, it's so amazing how one, we have the technology to do that now, 
which is mind-blowing and awesome. But I think for me, the coolest thing to reiterate is like the ways in which I keep seeing that the universe put the connections I'm needing to have in my life. And like, even when I don't know where they're going, I'm just rolling with it. I'm like, cool, this is awesome. These people are sweet. This is going to lead to whatever I'm supposed to go to next. Be that just another friend and a deeper connection or maybe someone that they know that who knows this person knows this person. Like I have no idea, but I'm obsessed with exploring all of these different new connections that I wouldn't get if I was just, I don't know, hanging out in Calgary and, you know, not talking to anybody new. So it's, it's really neat how that sort of happened in the last year and a half. And I'm very excited to see, especially too, as I keep traveling, but excited to see how that keeps snowballing and and growing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that a lot. Okay. Number 10, five things that I love, just a real fast hit list of things that I love traveling. Number one, I have been to, I haven't recounted. I feel like it's 34 or 35 countries now, which I'm pretty stoked on. Maybe I can make it. F- yeah, I totally can. I was like, I maybe I can make it 40 by the time I'm 30. I feel like, feel like we can do six countries in two years. We'll see. But I love traveling so much. If you guys ever have questions about traveling, let me know. I love going with people I love. I love going with friends, but I also really love solo. If you like travel content too, like I would love to make, I think, more episodes too on traveling. So Maybe we'll do that too. We'll see. Okay, traveling is one thing I love. Stuffies are another thing I love. I literally have, well, I had a lot when I grew up. I was one of those kids who had like their whole bed covered in stuffed animals and they had like a very small space where they, they would sleep. The whole bed was mostly just plush objects. Still love them. I literally bought at Dollarama today one of those octopus things that like flip inside and out that are colored and one's a happy octopus and one's a sad octopus and it's like a plushie yeah that a freaking is a tie-dye it's so cute and I have a really big owl collection so funny (laughs) if anyone thinks that's weird or maybe you don't think it's weird and maybe you have owls too then cool we'd vibe speaking of owls love Harry I'm a Harry Potter absolute nerd if you quiz me on anything I promise you I will know the answer and if I don't then I owe you five dollars I don't know yeah huge huge HP fan Hedwig rules um for I love learning new languages I think I mentioned that but that's kind of growing I know French pretty well I can keep up a decent conversation in French learn Chinese cannot keep up a good conversation in Chinese but I can barter a taxi for you or order food for you so if those are helpful hit me up and then I'm learning Japanese right now not good at all, but we, we're, we're getting there. We're learning the alphabet. <laughs> it's not as easy as you think it is. And then lastly, I really love things, all things spatial and interior design. That was another career I definitely thought about was combining art and business in being an interior designer. So if you vibe interior design, also hit me up because love talking about that. Okay, that was 10. I actually lied. I, I have 13. And number th- or number 11 is actually that my favorite number is 13. And that's kind of like my lucky number. So you get a few bonuses here. Hooray for you. <laughs> so yeah, my favorite number is 13. And it comes up a lot in a lot of different ways in my life. Like I've always had, I love Friday the 13th. Not in like a Halloween-y or like creepy way. I just, I don't know. It's like a lucky day for me versus a bad day and I've always had like really great things happen to me on 13th hey today's the 13th that's cool um yay happy 13th 
So anyways, 13's my, 13's my jam. Okay. Number 12 is that around extracurricular stuff. I love athletics and sports. I always have as a kid. Obviously like I loved art and everything too, but I really loved sports and I was very fortunate fortunate with our parents I mean my brother that they put us in a lot of sports like it wasn't just go all in you know when you go really deep on a sports like you were the hockey kid or you like the figure skating kid we did literally every sport yeah I kind of think I kind of think we did at some point or another we got to do every sport which I know by saying is like I'm very fortunate I'm very grateful for the fact that we got to do that and I think sports for kids is like one of the best things that they can be in so my sports roster so for me as a kid my kids sports were like swimming and martial arts martial arts was basically the the gist I started karate when I was five with my brother and we both were black belts in karate and would love to do more martial arts like I love just that kind of the Asian culture connection there too but love artistic fighting and like all of that stuff that's in martial arts I think it's so cool in school I played volleyball and baseball and track and field but mostly volleyball that was my thing I'm a tall human so yeah volleyball was definitely my forte and then kind of like adult sports now what the heck do I do now don't really do anything that has possible contact because I tore my ACL and just had that fixed so I definitely don't want to do that again and get injured it's a lot easier to get injured after you're 21 it's like everything just plummets after that point but right now I snowboard I love skiing I love backcountry hiking and camping and running and like boxing as well and my newest sport that I'm doing is surfing and it's really challenging and I love it it's very fun. Hard to do in Alberta because we don't have water, but I find a way. Western Canada is good for that. Yeah, I think one of the things for me about sport is like, especially as an adult, my favorite thing is continually learning. And sports for me is something that I always love to learn and to grow in. So yeah, I think surfing, as I said, is, is a challenging one. It's a big one for me right now. So my next sport challenge I think that I want to take on and I've wanted to take on for a while it's just hard to get into is backcountry skiing it's just like such an up curve with having to do avalanche training and get gear and stuff so if anyone knows lots about or anything really about backcountry skiing I'm kind of intimidated by doing it even though I've skied for 20 years so I would love to talk to you about it if you do that and are passionate about it and know stuff about it because I really want to okay Last but not least, guys, thanks for sitting here and hanging out for this little coffee chat here with me. My 13th, 13, I don't know why I couldn't say that. My 13th point is my daily goal for this year. And I'm saying it so that I can be also accountable with you guys in saying it out loud. But my daily goal for the year was to do something every day that scares me or challenges me. I literally picked it up from like a Lululemon bag. Like they always used to give, or I still, I guess they still do give them out. But back in the day when Lululemon first had like the shopping bags that you take home, there was a quote on one of them that literally said, do something each day that scares you or so, it was something along those lines. And I don't know why I thought about it, but at the end of the year, um, but for whatever reason I did, I think maybe because like my word for this year was bold, like be bold and intuitive hit. It just was like, 
Okay, so your daily goal is doing something every day that scares you. And I've I've stuck pretty well to it, to be honest. When I say do something every day that scares me as well, it's it, it could be as big as, you know, send it down a wave that I think is way too big for me and stick the landing, ride it out, don't get pummeled by water. Like something that really, really freaks me out. Or it could be as small as I feel really down today, but I'm going to be brave and I'm going to go outside for the walk that I said I was going to do. Like even just like keeping a promise to myself. I think our achievement in perfecting that kind of habit is simply just overcoming a challenge. So some days it's going to be big, but on most days, I think we have a lot of small sized obstacles that we feel are really big, right? But if we're able to tackle and overcome these ones over and over, over time, we have the confidence that we can face any challenge, I think, that comes our way, no matter the size that it is. It's that sense of preparedness because, hey, I've done this before and, you know, I can do it again. And I felt that build up even in the last just two months of even if something I have resistance to something like it's a challenge or I don't want to do it. Um, I just remember that that was my daily goal for the year of doing something each day that scares me, challenges me, has resistance, whatever. And every time I do that, I know that, okay, the next day you did that yesterday, you can do this today. So I've been building that confidence and that muscle every day this year so far, and it's been really awesome. It's not always easy, but it's been really awesome. And I find something each day that may scare me to do. Maybe it's even just sending an email to someone that you're afraid to. That's been one of them for me, for sure. But even just doing that and going, okay, I promised myself this and going for it, that's been transformative. Going for it anyways, being bold and... I I think if I if I think about like the biggest way of like one singular thing that's been for me this year so far probably surfing like that's a big challenge for me and I want to keep building it out even if I suck I don't suck I just I'm not like I'm not like one of those people on reels that you see that are like wicked surfers or anything we'll get there but yeah it's a big challenge for me and it's something that I want to keep building on but it's been really fun to do and practicing to fail as well in in doing this you're not going to do everything well every day and that's the whole freaking point we don't especially for myself that struggles with trying to do things in a like really perfectionist way doing something each day that scares me or challenges me or I have resistance to I know that it's not going to be done with flying colors 100% it's just going to be done and so there's a part of like a reward and kickback in also showing myself that I can just keep at doing, um, doing things even imperfectly or doing things messy and being proud of myself for showing up in them anyways and staying committed to my goal, I think. So I'm curious if you guys have any like daily goals that you set for the year. Maybe you don't have a daily one. Maybe you have something like read this many books in the year or whatever, but that wasn't a resolution for me. And I don't think about things as resolutions. I I kind of think of goals like this one as like, what is my motto for the year? And my motto really was be bold. And this is just a physical manifestation, an act of, okay, and how are you going to do that, Mel? Okay, this is the goal that you're going to have to do that to be bold throughout your year. So yeah, I don't really think about it as a resolution, but more of like a guiding principle for my actions. And yeah, for me to actually take aligned action on what I said I was going to do and be.
this year. So, okay. Those are my 10 things you didn't know about me plus three because bonus. And I hope you guys had fun hanging out with me listening to this. If you didn't, (laughs) that's fine too. But I wanted to share with you just a little bit more about, about who I am. And purpose is something that absolutely is fundamental and crucial to everything that I love and helping you find yours and helping guide you there. But these are all the things that really panned out in my life to get me to the place that I am and make me who I am and helped craft why I care. I think so much about people living lives really abundantly and fully and in their purpose and all of these things play into that for me. So anyway, it was lovely to share it all with you. Please, please, please reach out to me, share share me yours. I'd love to hear fun facts about you, get to know you better. And I hope that, yeah, I just hope that this makes you um, understand a little bit more of the facets of me. We've got some great episodes coming to you. I'm recording them right after this and I am so excited to bring them to you. So stay tuned for next week. It's going to be epic and the week after and after and after. I am always so grateful to have you guys in this community, being a part of this podcast, listening in and just coming along this journey with me. Yeah. So love you guys so, so much. And I will see you in next week's episode. Okay. Bye. So there you have it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Learned some fun facts about me. And if anything, were just simply entertained by all the weird stuff and kooky quirks about yours. If you love today's episode or found something that was really cool for you or you want to just help me share the podcast with others that you know that it would benefit this episode or maybe a different one, I will say truthfully and honestly that reviews are everything. It is the best way to support us and this podcast. If you love it, they help us grow so much. It's how it gains traction, how we gain visibility, and really truthfully just help reach more listeners that need to hear these messages. So if you, my lovely listeners, want to keep on helping me out with this podcast, help grow our community, it would be so awesome. And I'd be so grateful if you took a few moments to leave a quick review. If you are on Spotify and a Spotify listener, you can throw a star rating on the podcast. They don't have written reviews on there. Or even better, if you want to be entered in into a giveaway though to win a 30 minute private coaching session with me. All you have to do is take a second to go over to Apple Podcasts and write a written review there. So just head to the podcast, search the Pursuit of Podcast in there, scroll all the way down to the bottom to the uh, on reviews and drop one there. Before you submit, make sure to take a screenshot of your review because it does take a long time for Apple to process them and put them out and for me to see them and just send that screenshot over to at I am Melissa K or you can email me at melissakbarum at gmail.com. Both of those are in the show notes. You can just click on them down there. And at the end of the month, I am going to pull two winners for those 30 minute rapid coaching sessions where we can go over anything that you need the most support with. Maybe it's finding your purpose. Maybe it's taking your purpose and applying it into your life to make it resemble that purpose a lot more. Maybe it's helping you build a business that feels in alignment with who that person is you really feel like you're meant to be or building out a plan for your dream life. You name it. These will be super targeted and they're going to be really tactical so you can walk away with actual applicable next steps to take some action on right away. So again, all you have to do is leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, send me a screenshot of that, and you will be entered to win that giveaway. We'll probably be doing it in 
April timeframe at some point. We shall see. But don't sleep on that. Get that in there. And thank you so much in advance for sharing your thoughts about the podcast. It does really, truly help us grow so, so much. All right. That's it for me this week. I will see you guys in next week's episode. Bye.